Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. That's tomorrow, and that is it. Again, five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a. I, I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live! F it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! Hello, good morning, welcome in. Hogue and John's with you after an OTA practice yesterday at House Hall, and Kevin Fishbane is with us as well. The Fishman is here. What's up, boys? Good morning. Kev, is this your first live YouTube stream show? Um, it is. I also found out that we were going live about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> we didn't want to get you extra nervous or anything. Yeah. No, no. Um, let, let's do it live. It's, it's, do you guys make that joke every time you do a live no. show? Sometimes. A couple times on Twitter. <laughs> but now I do live shows every day, so kind of lost its... It would get really, yeah, really redundant <laughs> if I did it every day. Um, what's going on? We are live on YouTube today, so appreciate everybody watching live, and that's always an option, uh, whether we're live or not, that you can consume the podcast on YouTube. So if you haven't checked that out already, please find our YouTube channel, Hogue and Johns, and uh, hit subscribe. If you're watching live right now, please hit that like button too, because it helps uh, spread the word, helps uh, push the podcast even further. We will take your questions uh, if you're... Watching live today, we'll sprinkle those into the pod as is appropriate. Our producer is Kent Garrison. He can pop those up on the screen. And of course, uh, if you're listening as a podcast, uh, that's cool as always. And we appreciate the longtime listeners that still do it that way. So uh, if you're still doing that, please rate and review the pod. And um, we are going to break down what we saw yesterday at House Hall. It's good to be back out there. Um, I was, you know, surprised to see John's there. Not gonna lie. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, so, well, sometimes you need leave from leave. Yeah, I liked you said that, and and I like that. You need leave from leave. So, uh, so we Kevin, showed up. The, the real question is, was Kevin surprised you were there? No, he knew I was coming. Okay, I was actually surprised Kevin was there because he was dealing with something else. We oh. won't get into that. We don't. That's too too gross. But <laughs> oh no, I don't know anything up. about that. I don't think I want to know. Is everything okay? 
I was a little under the weather. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't call it my MJ flu game, being the OTAs yesterday, but uh, I was I was at like 85%. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, glad I didn't spend much practice watching with you then. Are, are we starting with Jatari Carter? Are we jumping right in with Jatari Carter? <laughs> I, w- I wasn't planning on that, or were you, but if you'd like to, I guess we could. I don't know. I was scrolling Twitter, and I think I saw more tweets about Jatari Carter <laughs> off yesterday's OTA. Why than, Why was uh, that even a thing? I don't know. Just because he was in there? I don't know. Because Nate Davis was missing? I don't I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I, Jatari Carter is not the starting right guard, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I want a full breakdown now of every snap he had. Can can we just say that? In Green Bay, Schneidman's like keeping stats and stuff of Jordan Love's first practice. Apparently, it didn't go so well. Um, Were you guys also trying to decide, as someone who tends to sometimes tweet on the snarky side, were you trying to tell how serious some of his tweets were? Matt Schneidman? Yeah, I was not following along in Packers camp, so I'm sorry. I still, I am just catching up on that this morning, so I've not seen all of his tweets. I just saw that there were actual stats that came out of Green Bay. Oh, so Jordan Love's already doing bad. Yes, is, is, that's that's the uh, also competitive the disadvantage to Green Bay for allowing Matt Schneidman to tweet from practice. See, yes, um, for years Green Bay reporters have been able to tweet out depth chart stuff, you know, specific. Pretty much anything from practice, stats, whatever, and I and I think the uh, the and rec- an open locker room. The record against the Bears speaks for itself. And now, um, if the record reverses and all of a sudden the Bears start winning, I'm I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it has more to do with the quarterback situation than um, you know anything coming out of practice. The better roster, maybe. Yeah. The better receiver. <laughs> the better right tackle. Um, Kev, if you want to start with the the offensive line, I think. We could tell who, who the starters were. You had Braxton Jones at left tackle, Tevin Jenkins at left guard, Cody Whitehair at center, which we all thought would happen, and then you had Tari Carter there filling in for Nate Davis at right guard, and then you had the rookie, the big guy, at right tackle. I, I do like that they didn't play any games with Darnell Wright. You know, like they just... He's our yeah, like you don't player. have to earn it. Like you're just yeah, he's the right yeah. tackle. Yeah. yeah, he needs like you're the tenth overall pick. Yeah. I like that let's too. Just put it, let's put him in there. We don't need to play games, so I like that. Um, I mean, I, I was, I was kind of, I wanted to see Nate Davis. I know it's hard; it's always hard with line play because they don't play pads, obviously, so you can't really learn a lot. But I just like wanted to see the guy out there because we haven't gotten a chance to see him yet, other than when you met him at uh, after he signed his contract. You know, look, he could have been there Monday, could be there today. This is the problem with the stuff we just. We don't know. You guys remember the whole Eddie? We spent an entire podcast last year trying to figure out what was wrong with Eddie Jackson. Oh, that was when I and joked that was, maybe he had a root canal, but then it, didn't it turn out he was actually at the dentist? Some, yeah, and then he was there the next day, and it was like no problem whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. That was one of those things where I don't even remember if that was true or not. It just kind of became a joke that ran with itself, but I think he, like it turned out he actually was at the dentist or something, but... That applies here too. Like, yeah, maybe Nate Davis was having a root canal. Maybe he was this year's yeah. root canal. Either way, I would have liked to see him because he's obviously a big part of this thing. But it does. I mean, look, when you, you go left to right, and he's assuming he's in there, uh, it certainly looks better than what they ended last year. Help me out, because I were they, were they rotating Lucas Patrick in there? 
Or a little bit. I saw him at right guard and at center. Okay. With PJ Walker. Whenever Walker came in, uh, Cody Whitehair came out and Lucas Patrick went in. I did notice that rotation. So he's gone from like the. How would you characterize his signing last year? A guy they wanted to bring in to help change the culture a bit, mm-hmm. a starter, uh, and now he's he a, a the, key backup. He was the free agent they were most excited about last year, which I think it low bar, but which, which says everything fits, you need to know about yeah, last year. I was going to say which fits the three and fourteen <laughs> record, um, but but no, that's not. I mean, look, Lucas Patrick. We just don't. Uh, we don't know. He wasn't healthy last year. And then he was playing out of position when he was. And and so we never got to see him uh, at center. But I do think it is, that's what his role appears to be. To be yeah, the- as, as a backup, that's a very good backup. A lot of starting experience, good intangibles. Someone who could bring it if you need some nasty. So as far as a backup who could be a starter for a few games... I think his spot in the roster looks a lot better than it did last year. Well, let's let, let me ask you this though, because I do think it's relevant to. And again, I did not think we were starting this thing with Tyree Carter, but that's fine. Um, that's Kevin's fault. Yeah, <laughs> but it still speaks to the interior offensive line, and the, I think it, it it brings up a fair question: if Tyree Carter was in there, um, with Nate Davis out, our is he competing with Lucas Patrick at all for that interior kind of roster spot? Now, the only thing is, like, I've never seen Jatari Carter play center, and I don't necessarily think that's... If he can do it, we don't know that he can. Um, so that would be the one thing that I think Lucas Patrick has. And ultimately, you're going to need a couple backups there. You're not just going to have one. But I... That, that is a little interesting to me. Yeah, if you're, if you're, you're likely keeping, what, eight? Nine offensive linemen on that active roster, and you got the expanded practice squad. And you need swing like you tackle. Swing tackle, yeah. That, that's one of the main competitions. I think Carter seems to have a, a safe roster spot at this point. What, it's May 24th. Maybe Doug Kramer has to, to fight his way back into the mix after being a late-round draft pick last year. And you still have Cody Whitehair at center now, and you still have Lucas Patrick on the roster. So if you're looking at bubble players this early in May, Maybe Doug Kramer, but he's probably got a spot on the practice squad already. Yeah. Uh, and I'm fair- just so happy I derailed this and we started with Jatari Carter. <laughs> well, we started with Bears offensive line, which has to protect Justin Fields, which is the franchise, which is the whole season. And so actually Jatari Carter is the most relevant conversation. I will say back to Lucas Patrick conversation, assuming he makes the roster, assuming he is your top interior backup, I think that's a good thing about the improvements you've made. It says you feel good about Nate Davis. You feel good about Tevin Jenkins. And here you have a guy that you were perfectly comfortable being your starting center last year. He's your top backup. So, again, it's all about improving depth. Like you look at the positions that they upgraded. When you upgrade the starting positions, that also means your backups are you know, supposed to be a little bit better too. And that's how you build a, a, a good and deep team. So that would be, you know, that would be a positive. A, a fair question from Daniel in the comments on YouTube. Is there anything we can learn from the offensive line without pads? Not really. Uh, which is why we're talking about this more from a, you know, depth chart rotational standpoint rather than, you know, one-on-one reps against or, or how they actually performed in practice. Um, 
the, and the it applies to Darnell Wright too. Like they're if there's one thing we learn, the Bears aren't wasting time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just go put them, get every rep you can, even with shorts on at right tackle. Well, and I think that what's also relevant to this that, that I wanted to point out was the way that they practiced yesterday was was very interesting to me, and in that they they sort of had like a JV varsity thing going on, uh, where they split the practice into two fields, which is a lot easier said than done because you have to split your coaching staff up too, uh, and but it does allow you to get more reps if you can pull it off. And when it specifically came to the offensive line, at least the moments of practice where I was tracking this, they had all of the other off, all the backup offensive linemen were on the other field, except for Lucas Patrick. So they had six, essentially six starters. Um, if you're going to include Lucas Patrick, just like as he was the one backup that was always standing behind the play, and then they would sort of rotate him in there here and there. Um, but that seems to be like, and again, it's May 24th now. Yesterday was May 23rd, so it's it's May. But that's sort of where the cutoff was as they split the team up yesterday, and I just thought that that was, that was pretty interesting. I do think we learned last year that the coaches... You know, like Braxton was it Braxton Jones is around when was it OTs or minicamp? They started getting those first team left tackle reps. So like they're able to see they know the footwork that they're asking for. They know the plays. They know the responsibilities. So like they're obviously able to see things that you know, because we just don't know what the responsibilities are. So they're able to judge that stuff. But like from our standpoint, um although I, I will say I did feel good to be back at a Bears practice. Because when it was time for special teams, Coach Hogue was in a crouch. He was locked in. He was ready. Um, how many? What's our what's our counter? How many days until the opener? Like three months away, right? Yeah. Well, okay. Let me first of all be super clear. The crouching position is due to some lower back pain, and you get a nice good stretch when you. I learned that doing sidelines when you're when you're on the field for a long time. If you if you just get in that squatting position for just you know a solid thirty seconds to a minute, it's a it's a really good lower back stretch for you. Um, so that's all that had to do with. But yes, I actually was uh, I was writing some things down. You, know, you got to take what you can. John's, were you writing some things? No, down the I, was drills? I, I was not. I was not. That's usually like oh, the, the the time for a bathroom break. Mm-hmm. All season reporters <laughs> go go in and take a you know a, a washroom break, but um, I can't believe we've buried the lead here a bit. Kevin, thank you for this. Um, you want to talk <laughs> about DJ Moore's catching the two minute period? No, I think he, he wants to break down. Um, you what know, Trenton Gill did yesterday. Bayless Bay- Jones instead. Bayless Jones didn't play with the starters a bit. Everybody. Yeah. Darnell Mooney wasn't present. He's still recovering from his injury. How do you guys feel about Robert Tanyan wearing 18? I have no problem with it. It looked better than I thought. Okay. I like it when I got out there, I was like it took me a second. Like who's 18? Yeah. That's a tight end. Oh, okay. And I'm almost at the point where I like numbers that stand out cuz they're easier to remember. True. Like, but he, I think yeah. we saw, we did see a lot of 1885 out there together. Uh, the Bears don't have a zero, right? No, I don't believe so. No, and I believe if it's up to the if, if, if it's up to the man in charge, they will not have a zero. Yes, I, I was just thinking about that because George McCaskey's not a fan of the zero. 
So right, it's probably not even about, in circulation. You guys talk about Fields to DJ more. Let's get into it. What if Justin Fields, though, was like, hey, George, I want to wear zero? Is he going to tell him no? Probably. Probably. <laughs> but Justin, you're not a zero. You're number one. You're number, you're number one. Um, okay, so I would just, I think, look, how many off, how many OTA practices or mini camp practices or early training camp practices, even when pads are on, have we watched the Bears offense, quite frankly, suck? Do nothing. Where you're like, oh, this doesn't look great. Uh, okay, it's early. Yeah, they're disjointed. They don't have. The, they got to build up the chemistry. I mean, that was a theme. That was a theme last year. Now this is just one practice. Might look bad next week. You know, it, it might still be. But for one day in May, to see the quarterback everyone has their eyes on connect with the top wide receiver. That was their huge acquisition of the offseason in the biggest trade this team's pulled off in a long time. That beats the alternative, right? Like, it's it it, it was good to see. No one's gonna sit here and declare that Fields the Moore is, you know, gonna be the top, you know, a top five connection in the NFL this season. At least not yet. We're not gonna do that. But it was good to see. It was good to see that that there's some chemistry there right away. And you heard uh, DJ Moore say that it kind of jump-started that chemistry. And Field said they threw more in his direction yesterday than they did on Monday's practice, uh, which we weren't able to see Monday. So it's like checking boxes and, and having productive days. It's, it's better than it being a bad day. It's what you want to see. It's what yeah. we came to see. It's what we all wanted to see as the media arrived there. The, the receiver the Bears acquired with the number one pick how would he be the number one wide receiver for? Well, number one on your roster. We saw the connection happen. Look, seven seven and sevens wasn't good. A lot of balls on the ground. Uh, Matty Berflus said that himself. They need to get better in that capacity again. It wasn't good last year. I don't think I saw one perfect seven on seven last year at all. Now that's understandable. New offense. New receivers just a lot of guys in different places. This year, you want to see things be better because the talent is better. But just in terms of us showing up for our first OTA, we got what we wanted to see. And that was that connection between Justin Fields and DJ Moore do something. Fish? Kevin, Kevin's got nothing. I missed the play, so I was relying <laughs> there, it there it is. There it is. It was more than one play. There were, I mean, no, no, you're right. They, and, and Hogue, you, I think you were, you asked about it after practice too. Like there was a lot. You know, every time you saw a completed pass, it was most often a number two. Yeah, throughout the day. Well, so. and my question was, you know, was this just like because again, we the disadvantage we have this time of year is we get to see one practice a week. So unlike training camp, where we can compare it to the day before and the day after and see how things are building, we. So my question essentially was to Justin, hey, was this just a good day or is this representative of the chemistry that you guys have been building? And he didn't really take it that far, but he he did kind of go into detail about how they threw to him more on Tuesday than they did on Monday. And, um, you know, it was good to see. I think I said this last year that my hope heading into last year's training camp was to see the offense sustain drives in practice. Like, keep the ball like have rhythm and that really didn't happen very often in camp 
and it didn't happen often during the season. Um, yesterday, you did see, you didn't see in team drills at least, like you were able to see some things where they're moving the ball, they're not having to stop and start over and have conversations. And I thought, I mean, it's an interesting juxtaposition because Justin talked to us yesterday. He said, "This is my first time having a second year with a playbook." That's a big deal. Now, we've had the same narrative with Jay Cutler. We've had the same narrative with Mitch Trubisky. Obviously, the hope is it's different with Justin Fields. But there's something to be said that he's got this stability now with Getze. He knows the playbook. He knows what he's supposed to do. He also has DJ Moore, Robert Tanyan, new running backs, a couple new offensive linemen. But you could tell that like that he'll get there with those guys. To him, he was talking about he feels so comfortable that – he knows where he's supposed to go with the ball. He knows what he's supposed to do. And now it's just helping get these other guys up to speed. So I think that's just kind of an interesting dynamic where you do have these new faces on offense, but to Fields, I mean, the number one thing for him is it gets you still here. And it's the same playbook. And he's able to finally experience that, which he hadn't done in his first two years. To continue this point, point of this conversation, can we, can we bring up what he said about Chase Claypool? Can I read this quickly? Because Yeah, he th- volunteered this information. He yes, was not yes. asked about Claypool. He was not. This is from Justin Fields. Just getting on the same page as the new guys, working Chase in more. Chase has improved tremendously from the end of last year to now. That's one thing I'm truly proud to say. Seeing his work ethic, his attitude change. You can just see he's taking another step, so definitely excited for that. Then he goes on about Mooney, but I thought that was interesting. That was like his last answer. In his press conference yesterday, and he wasn't asked, like Kev, like you said, he wasn't asked about Chase Claypool. This was information that he volunteered himself about how the Bears are getting more getting more from Chase Claypool on and off the field, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, that was actually, I, I, I did want to ask him about Claypool yesterday, and I think that he's kind of this, in a weird way, this forgotten guy. I feel like most Bears fans have just written him off. After last year, and you will notice if you go back to see what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus said about Claypool in the in the postseason and the offseason, like at least publicly, they haven't come close to writing him off. They're just like they're writing off last year, (laughs) like wide receiver, new offense, multiple quarterbacks. Like we're not we're not concerned at all. So I think Claypool's got a long way to go, of course, to reach the potential of what they traded away for him and to earn a, a new contract one day. But, you know, for Fields, and I do think Fields is media savvy enough to know that if he says something like that about Chase Claypool, it's going to get attention. Yeah, subtraction. So, yeah, and I don't think he says it if he doesn't actually see it and believe it. Um, I, I, he just doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to just go out there and say something like that unless he's actually, you know, seeing the, 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 the ROI, I guess, on, on Claypool. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, I mean, first of all, yeah, if if this this carries more, a little bit more weight to me than, you know, Poles or Flus, not writing them off, as you guys have said. I mean, let, let's keep in mind, on a, on, a, on a list of moves that this new regime has made, almost all of them are have been overwhelming me overwhelmingly received favorably from the fan base. But if there's one that everyone's sort of pissed off about, it's that trade for Chase Claypool. And so it's in their best interest to, you know, keep the narrative 
uh, positive. But yeah, for Fields to go out of his way, I mean, that, Fields doesn't care about that. He just he just cares about you know um, showing respect to the teammates that deserve it. Uh, and when he's got an opportunity to say something nice, I don't think he's gonna, um, especially if he's not asked about it, go out of his way to to say something like that. So look, it's a big year for Chase Claypool, not only for uh, his you know, next contract, but, but really his career, these are, this is a, this is a year where he has shown enough, especially early on when he was with the Steelers, that he could be a, you know, a really good wide receiver. And then it just sort of tailed off. So did he get complacent? What happened there? Uh, Is he somebody that just takes longer to pick up a playbook? Is that what happened last year? Um, is there some type of attitude adjustment knowing that it's like you're going to go into this season uh, playing for a contract? I mean, that happens across sports all the time. And whatever it is, you just want to see the guy do more than he did last year. Um, and I think it's that wide receiver room is set up in a way where they can use him more to his strengths. I'm, I'm curious to see if he's used out of the slot more if he's used on end arounds in motion more things like that and the, the 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 tough part about that is those are not the when you're that player that's to be on the move all the time it's harder to pick up your assignments on every single play there's just a lot going on you and you and you got to you got to be dialed in on everything and so um I'm on one end I think that's a good thing for the bears offense and how he could potentially be used with these other pieces and DJ Moore added as the true X wide receiver to the outside. But on the flip side, it's like, you also want to be careful that you're not giving him too much. If that is a problem for him. Yeah. I think we'll learn a little bit more about his, we'll call it scheme usage more in training camp. It's so early. You did hear Justin Fields come out and say like DJ Moore is the X. Yeah. Like that, that is that much is cemented in terms of what the bears are going to do offensively. He is their number one. Um, he is going to be expected to produce like a number one, and everyone else right now is a complimentary piece. But as complimentary pieces, Chase Claypool Ardell, and Darnell Mooney are good pieces. It's amazing what one receiver and DJ Moore can do just in terms of perception and how different and better that wide receiver room looks for Justin Fields. You saw it yesterday, really. Yeah. I also like that the Bears are taking this approach um, – it's very practical to me to spend more of this time of the year on the passing game than the running game because you're not in pads. You just, it, someone else asked if we're going to talk about the running backs. I mean, other than the rotation, there's not much to take out of that. They're they're in, they're working on that, but I like that Flu said, look, we did more of a jogging walkthrough pace in the running game, and then they spent more time than they did before on seven on seven on the passing game um because without pads you just you're gonna get more out of practice doing it that way this time of year and then you can speed things up in the running game once the pads go on well that's when it becomes real right yeah even as, as real as you you want it to be um the other highlight from yesterday i guess it's the the defense and tremaine edmonds ending well, I guess the backup offense is uh, two-minute drill. With uh, I don't think it was a pick six, but it was a good return, um, a good play. Just in terms of like things you want to see 
like going into OTAs because it's so limited. You got two hours. Like there's a couple things I wanted to see. I wanted to see where Darnell Wright was, right tackle. I wanted to see Justin Fields throw the DJ Moore. And I wanted to see Tremaine Edmonds. He's a monster out there. So to see him have the interception over the middle to end what was a pretty good drill going for P.J. Walker in the second-team offense, like that had to feel good for Matt Eberflus in the defense with so many new pieces, especially at middle linebacker. Yeah, it was our first time to see Edmonds and, and T.J. Edwards out there together. Because um, that was the thing, too, is like I wanted to see you, – you want to see who gets the first crack at some of these spots. So you obviously knew that those two guys are going to be there. Yeah, um, we can talk about cornerback in a minute. Um, and then I was I was curious about the defensive line. I think they're going to let those rookies work their way in to that rotation, and, and I think they have a decent thing going that in front of Tremaine Edmonds and T.J. Edwards, they have two veterans in Justin Jones and Andrew Billings. Like no, like like are those guys the future of the of the defensive tackle spots? No, but like it's nice to know that you at least have vets there who can allow the rookies some time to work their way. And you heard Tremaine Edmonds talk glowingly about Andrew Billings, um, who's, who's been in the league for a long time uh, and is you know familiar with this system. Um, so this is our first time seeing them. Demarcus Walker at defensive end. Uh, I think they are obviously you know barring whoever else they bring in, they're putting a lot of faith in him. Uh, for the pass rush. So it's going to be, I mean, the defense is going to be, obviously Fields is, is stories, narratives, one, two, three, four, and five. Um, but this new look defense, I mean, Fields can only do so much if they're giving up 30 points a game. So, you know, the, the, there's going to be a lot of focus, understandably, this training camp uh, about all these new guys on defense and who's going to make an impact. If you want Fields to have like those opportunities late in games to, to grow, and be that little superstar quarterback you hope he can be in those moments. Like the defense has to deliver those moments by getting off the field. Where they're not the ones being exposed week after week after week. And we saw that a few times last year where they just couldn't get off the field. You want the quarterback to have as many opportunities as he can. You know, you want the ball in his hands, not the other quarterback. So to see some of those upgrades come to fruition, even for one day in shorts. You like to see it. There, there is one observation I, I did make, and I, and I think I've watched like enough defensive linemen and just like their their drills enough to, to know that like Zach Pickens and Jervon Dexter are some big strong forces in the middle. Like you could see it, like just the the oomph of their connection with their hands on, on the pads there. Like the Bears might have something there in those two guys, just in terms of the the raw strength and power they can provide in the middle of that defense. Yeah, my only piece of advice to Jervon Dexter would be: if you want more playing time, if you want more reps, you probably shouldn't run over the head coach. <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> that you know, I just. But uh, no, I, I I when I think compared to what we talked about earlier with Darnell Wright, how they just threw him right in there. Yeah, you're the starting right tackle. It's a good point that that with with these defensive tackles they took in the second and third round they're no you gotta you're gonna have to earn it here there's veterans ahead of you you're gonna but I think they're gonna have that opportunity you know and um especially in, in Dexter's case like you could just yeah he's 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 a powerful dude yeah Pickens too though like like you knew that was coming with Dexter but Pickens you know 64th overall pick right like man he, he was strong he was fast too he's a big guy he'd be a problem in the middle there yeah, so um, 
And then when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds, like I, it's funny right before that interception that he had on PJ Walker, we're, we're on the farther side of the field, but you could see cause they're kind of in the same line, the quarterback, the Mike linebacker. Right. And, and I'm like, you could see how much bigger yeah, and yeah, taller yeah, yeah. Tremaine Edmonds was than PJ Walker. Like it, 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 it was amazing. And then they run the play and then, it's an interception. And, and by the way, I don't know if you read on Twitter, I saw somewhere on, on uh, Twitter that it was a, a an officially 105 yard return on that. Uh, this was tweeted out by somebody not at practice. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't at all. It was definitely not a pick six. Uh, he did. The whole defense did run into the other end zone to celebrate um, right in front of us. But yeah, no, it was not a 105 yard interception. Right I, thought it, I heard, I heard it was like 120. Oh wow! Yeah, wow, whoa, whoa, out of bounds. That's quite quite a miraculous play then. Um, Adam, I did make that observation too because where we were positioned, so we were behind the offense, kind of seeing into the defense, right? Just like the the quarterback's vantage point. At least that's where I was standing yeah. for this two minute drill. Tremaine Edmonds is huge. Like I, I noticed that just in terms of like the middle of the field and how much ground he takes up just physically. That felt different from standing behind there last year where the Bears clearly didn't have that. Just in terms of size, speed, just the range that he provides in the middle there as a middle linebacker. Like that stood out to me. Like I took note of that about how big he is in the middle of that defense. And when you're a quarterback, but that's like almost all you see is Tremaine Edmonds over the middle. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Did you guys have any other um, notable defensive uh, rotational things? I, I did I did find it very interesting that especially with Jalen Johnson not a practice, which we can get into here too, um, that it's not like Kyler Gordon moved over into his spot. I mean, he was Kyler Gordon cool. was in the slot, yeah. pretty much exclusively. Yep, yep. It's just I think it's a good thing. Well, I, I, it's him, like the it's the darn all right thing. It's why waste time? <laughs> yeah, let him become the 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 master, the expert of of a very important position in this defense. It's going to be on the field seventy percent of the time. Yeah, that works. Um, yeah. But I do think that you. Here's the leverage that Jalen Johnson has because I, I've, I've seen this coming for quite a while, because and I and I think we can use some of the Roquan Smith stuff from last year as a basis for sort of seeing that this was maybe going to be a maybe be an issue because. The leverage that Jalen Johnson has is when he's not at practice yesterday, you see some of the issues with the cornerback depth, in my opinion. Um, because now you're you're right away talking about Kendall Vildor being out there, Michael Ojemudia out there, um, Jalen Jones still on the team out there, and... So I think that's one thing that he can be like, well, you you do need me because uh, it it's kind of like removing DJ Moore from the you know wide receiver unit, and all of a sudden the whole thing looks a lot different. And Jalen Johnson is a good cornerback, there's no question. But on the flip side, I can also see like, dude, you have one interception in three years. You know, uh, not that PFF is a, the end all be all, but because we've had our issues with with some of their rankings and things like that in the past, but I don't think he was in the top 20 or 25 corners that they did a recent ranking on. And so I guess it ultimately depends what he's asking for and where the Bears' number is, but I'm not surprised that they're that they might not be on the same page here, and this is going to be an interesting story to, to see play out over the next few months. Cole Komet was present. Mm-hmm. Cole Komet was there, and I think if Darnell Mooney was healthy, he probably would have been. Yeah, 
I mean, we've seen, we know Darnell Mooney's there because we've seen him in social medias and things like that. I think it's it's a difficult spot for Jalen Johnson because, like I, you know, look if you know you, you do what you got to do to get paid. Like I, I understand like the players and and if coaches and teams wanted guys to be there, they wouldn't have made this voluntary. All right, like I get it. The problem is, what does this coaching staff value more than like anything in the world? Being there and participating. Like the first thing Matty Rufu says after every voluntary practice since he's been the head coach is I want to thank the players who were here. Like that is strategic. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so Jalen Johnson, Hogue, you're absolutely right. I mean, they're seeing what their cornerbacks look like when he's not out there, but he's also not like earning any extra love from a, an organization that values practice, that values being there. So I, you know, Eberflus did say he did not expect this to be in the Roquan Smith category. I think Jalen Johnson's been open about his things. He's very thoughtful with us about his situations over the years. Um, I think we all know. I'll say this, too, about Jalen Johnson. I think we've seen what he is at his best. I think he's a very good corner. Um, but, you know, we've also look. You go back. Was it the Lions game last year? Right. Or he wasn't 100 percent. And got beat on a was it Detroit at, at Social? Oh yeah, who was that? Tom Kennedy. Remember, wasn't that his name? Tom Kennedy beat him over the middle and ran away. Yeah, I can. I'm confident his name was not Tom Kennedy, but I think it, it sounds. Was, wasn't it Tom Kennedy? It was a long pass to somebody that we had not heard of probably before that day. Tom Kennedy, Detroit Lions oh, wide receiver. What do I know? Now, he wasn't healthy, right? Isn't that what we found out? No, he was not. Yeah. He was not healthy. But, I, look, I, I think uh, no, this will be an interesting challenge and test for Ryan Poles, Matt Eberfuss, and Jalen Johnson. Uh, Ryan Poles. He, as you said, he's taking, he's, he's taking a different strategy than the other guys in the same boat as him. Ryan Poles has said before that he wanted to re-sign Roquan Smith. Didn't happen. He has said before that he wanted to re-sign David Montgomery. Didn't happen. He has said that he wants to re-sign, retain Jalen Johnson. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. We will. Um, let's not forget like last year's storyline at this time. Can, do you guys remember? Like Jalen Johnson, I, I forget the exact circumstances, but he didn't show up for stuff early on, right? Was was he hurt? Uh, they had that extra voluntary mini camp, camp in April, because, and he because, did not go to that. Yes, because they were a new staff. And then he opened OTAs as the number two. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And to his credit, it didn't take long before they put him back, you know, at starter. But I, I think that also told you what they thought about him missing the first, missing that week. Look, I, what I think John's is getting at there is very important because if there's one thing that Ryan Poles and his, you know, combination of, I think, analytics staff and salary cap staff that they are putting prices on these guys and they're sticking to them. I mean, when, when he explained why he finally traded for Roquan Smith, it was because he's like, we're, he just knew we're not going to get to that number. And that's the, the number the Ravens ultimately signed him at was not the number the bears had. And they're going to stick to their numbers. We, we heard about this uh, with some of the free agents this off season, right? Mike McGlinchey. They had the number on Mike McGlinchey. 
went over the number. Okay, we're out. And I think long term, it's a very sound, smart strategy. Now your your valuations better be correct, right? Like you know, if if a player, yeah, I was gonna had, say, I don't know if anybody was going over their number for Tremaine Edmonds. But it's their number. True, but that's their number. That's how they valued them. It's how they value their position. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's not like it's like they went over there. Now, will there come a time where you're closer to a Super Bowl where you start to budge on your number? Well, that's we'll we'll wait and see. But I think what's what's important to just keep in mind now in this situation with Jalen Johnson, they're not there yet. They're not even close to that. So I just wonder how far apart are they? And I think if you're Jalen Johnson's camp, you got to keep in mind that the evidence in front of you is like, I don't know if they're going to move off this number. So if if this is going to turn into a true holdout, which by the way, it's not a holdout. This is voluntary minicamp. You don't have to be there. Uh, it doesn't become that situation until training camp or veteran minicamp where you're, you can get fined for not being there. Um, it just, it's going to take actual play on the field in the season for the Bears to adjust their number. Because if he comes out and he has a Pro Bowl season with seven interceptions, you know, well, then the the number will move. But it's also going to move for everyone else, too. And Jalen's going to know that. And that's, of course, the leverage that he has in that situation. No Pro Bowls, no All-Pros. And let's not forget that the Bears have drafted cornerbacks in the second round of back-to-back years. One of whom they traded up to get. Tyreek Stevenson. Yeah. Jalen Johnson was not drafted by this regime. Yes. Injuries. Durability. It's He's a good player. He has the potential to be great. But yeah, the, the lack of ball production. It's, it is what it is at this point. Those are It's hard data. Those are hard numbers. And that's a factor in this too. So I'm just... Um, and... and- Speaking, though, also, Ho, to the what they have if he's not there, like he's going to play for the Bears this year. So if ultimately he plays out the season and, you know, contract is up and he goes to free agency, well, then the Bears can just replace him if that's what they decide to do. Like they're going to have, they're going to be, you know, well set up in free agency again to sign a guy. They could trade for a guy. They could draft a guy. Yeah, you know, so they're going to have their options, um, and, but that's also contingent on Kyler Gordon really coming to his own as your nickel, Tyreek Stevenson being who they think he is at corner, like all the like. I know I'm, I'm looking far ahead here, but you know these are all things that they have to kind of think about. I, the other thing too about this with with the, the head coach, no coaches want to talk about contracts. Like, let me put that out there first. Matt Eberflus might rank like 30, 30th. Among coaches 30, 30th. 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 I was going to say 32nd, but I bet you like there's other coaches. But so 30th. Belichick. Belichick. But the thing with Belichick is he's actually involved in that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he won't talk about it, but like I could, I mean, Eberflus just like this man is all ball. Yeah, we're going to coach the players who are here. Yeah, and just like it, it just must drive him nuts that he's got to answer the, he's got to face the question. He, you know, he gets it, but it, that we have to spend. A third of the, it, it, I saw somebody point out like, why are you making big deal? I, we're not making, like, we're pointing out that he's not there. Your starting corner is not at practice when just about everybody else who's healthy is there. Like, and and it's and notable. And you let me just point that out. Let me just tell you a human nature thing as a coach. 
that quite frankly, if we're talking about the NFL, high school football, or or even uh, youth baseball, we've all coached youth baseball. You're annoyed when your players aren't there. I don't care. I don't care what so level true. we're talking about. <laughs> we're so just being true. honest. Yep. It's so it, true. Whether it's just like a parent's like, uh, yeah, sorry, we're going to be out of town for two weeks because it's summer and we're going on vacation. It's like, yeah. Okay, like... Well, the funny uh, thing obviously is, obviously, you're like, allowed to go on vacation. It's youth baseball, not a, you. Know, okay, fine. Yeah. And then you go, well, that sucks. That's annoying. Yeah, yeah. You, you turn your your anger towards the parents a little bit. Like, what like, the heck, guys? Come like, on, your you, you know it's baseball season. What are you <laughs> doing on. here? You know, you. come on. So, so like, I, I'm just, and this is high stakes NFL football with one of your, you know, best, def- arguably your best defensive back. Um, yeah, they're annoyed he's not there. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be honest. It's, yeah. it's not great. And if you're like, you're, if we, we've talked about this before on the show, like if, if you're ranking him, like in terms of the contract extension candidates, like he might be third, right? Like he's behind Cole Komet. Like Cole Komet, who's at OTAs, played 94% of the offensive snaps last year, led the Bears in touchdown catches. Like that... Like Ryan Poles called him a blue chip player. <laughs> He's number one. Darnell Mooney, who's hurt, might be number two. Sorry, Kev, go. I would say he he was the only blue chip player that yes. Ryan Poles could name last uh, last January. But yeah, you're right. All right. Um, well, that pretty much breaks everything down from yesterday. I'm trying to see if we have any leftover questions. Kent, if we have any, you can throw them up there too, and we'll we'll answer them. But hey. oh, here we go. Oh, Torian, with June 1st around the corner, who are the cap casualties polls should be tracking? Well, I'm sure they are tracking them. Um, well, let's also remember that how the June 1st thing works. Yeah. Because guys who were cut in March might be labeled as June 1st cuts. Right. Like, I think, like, Jadavian Clowney, for instance, qualifies. Yeah. So you might not have guys who are actually... I, I guess... The idea is, yeah, you, you would sign somebody after June 1st for contract purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the point you're making is valid, Kevin. That's, June 1 isn't just like this massive cut day. Like a lot of these guys have already been cut. We already know that they're available. Yeah. Um, but it's a good question, though, because yeah. I think that that could be when we see some player movement potentially if it changes the financials on these guys. Well, and I think that that's also... Let's not forget, like, the Bears front office is evaluating these OTA practices too. Like that the, they're let's just use Jadavian Clowney just for one example, just because I said his name he, to me, he would make sense as a hand on the ground four three defensive end, uh, a, a veteran who could come in and give you valuable pass rush snaps, it, you know, almost like I don't want to put him at like Riley Reese level on offensive line, but because I think he's probably you know, a tick above that, but you know, sort of that type of signing that's comes a little bit later that you add to the mix just because you know, you, you just don't feel like you have enough there with the young guys that you have, but you also don't need to be in a rush to make a move like that. Because if all of a sudden Travis Gibson and Dominic Robinson are looking different, like, Oh man, they've really turned a corner. And I'm not saying that's the case, but that's the part. This is the stuff you're looking for this time of year. And they might blow you away between now and the end of veteran minicamp. And then you might say, you know what? I don't know that we need to add a veteran right before training camp. But 
the timing of all that is worth keeping in mind because Riley Reef was signed like two like days before two training. days before camp, and he started what ten year. games last year. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the other thing too is you know I'll use Jadavian Clowney because he's the, the example here. Does Jadavian Clowney want to participate in OTAs and minicamp? Like some of these guys would prefer to just do their own thing, and you know because yeah. veterans don't veterans do not enjoy generally do not enjoy May and June practices. You know, so if you're a veteran, you you might choose to. I know I'm bringing this up because I feel like Bears fans want a pass rusher signed right now, or yesterday, or after the draft. But some of these older guys, like they're like, well, I'm gonna do. I know how to take care of my body. If I don't need to do, you know, high intensity practices in May and June, I'm not going to. And you know, call me in late July, and we could talk about it. Like, isn't Justin Houston still a free agent? Yep. Like, let me look this up real quick. So Justin Houston, free agent. Like if he wanted a veteran pass rusher who he could project for four to six sacks a year for like a, a decent price, someone you're familiar with, because Ryan Poles is, like sign that guy in July. Like right here, I don't, I don't think he signed last year until July, late July, mid-July with the Ravens. Like he doesn't want to be here, but he might want to be here come July if you need a pass rusher then. Like, that's not a bad option come that time. Yeah. No. I, no, no I, Houston fans here. Just I, in terms I, of strategy. you could We could play this out a little bit if you're the Bears. Right. I just, and, and I, I, un, I understand why these questions keep coming up. It's just like, I think patience is, you know, needed here because we, we've seen it that these, these signings might not happen until, I mean, in some cases, literally the middle of August. <laughs> and, We've seen that with the Bears in recent years too. Um, all right, well, we got to get going here, so we'll uh, we'll. Oh, there's a question there we'll f- from Jack. Yeah, well, some of us has to go sit on the Kennedy for an hour and a half. <laughs> um, uh, but we, yes, we have more questions here. We'll fi- we'll go through. No, you can put that up, Kent. Um, Real quick, I, I was actually just trying to Google this to see what this was all about because I had not seen this yet. So apparently, David Montgomery said a bunch of stuff about the Bears. He just didn't like losing. Yeah, you know what I thought looking at Dave Montgomery's comments. Seems like somebody forgot that this team went to the playoffs in 2020. <laughs> we all did. He was that. part of a <laughs> playoff team. I think the Bears forgot they went to the playoffs. Yes. Hang the I, I do all the time, actually. I, I forget that game all the time. <laughs> First ever NFC 7 seed. Your never, Chicago Bears. Never forget who started at linebacker in that game. Manti Teo. Yeah, I'm not making much out of David Montgomery's comments. The Bears won three games last year. David Montgomery... He's a player who loves to win. I love the way he ran the ball. Uh, if I'm David Montgomery, though, I'm more concerned about didn't they just didn't the Lions just draft the running back in the first round too? Yeah, twelfth overall. Twelfth overall. Um, yeah, that's something. I know they probably want a wave of running backs, but you know, just look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's next? Thoughts on Mitch resigning in Pitt. Good for Mitch. We just got an extension, right? Because he was already under contract for one more year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, this podcast was on record. I think we said that he's going to go on to play at least 10 years in the league. And amazingly, he's already going into year seven. Wow, we're old. Well, you guys are yeah. significantly older. Is he than really me, in year seven? Old. Yeah, year seven. Four with the Bears, one in Buffalo. Six was in Pittsburgh last year. This would be seven. Wow. And now he's signed through year eight. Yeah, he, he's going to have a career that's going to be... Mitch is going to have a long career as a solid backup. 
is a guy who maybe have maybe half a season as a starter and have some level of success. But I mean, you guys know Mitch; he's going to have a long career as a as a guy you you want to keep around. I think Omar Khan came out and said that weeks ago, even before this contract came to fruition. He also didn't play that bad when he had to play last year. No, I think he had a kind of a dramatic win in there too, didn't he? I think so. I think they had like a comeback win. Um, so yeah, seven years. Wow. Uh, Jason said, do you think JJ will be traded later this year? JJ Stankovic? Well, that would be big news. I don't think so. Um, what if a team needs a public address announcer? True. True. Um, I mean, the, the here's two differences from the Roquan thing I think we got to bring up. One is JJ has a, now I'm calling him JJ. Jalen Johnson has an agent. That's something that matters here, I think. And um, let's not lose sight of what happened during training camp last year uh, with that statement that went out, the trade request that went out from Roquan Smith that I don't think was... On the uh, day of Family Fest. (laughs) ...handled very well, yes. Um, And I don't think it would have been handled that way if an agent was involved. Um, So that's that's one difference. The other is I don't think that Jalen Johnson's trade value would be as high as Roquan Smith was? I don't think you're getting a second round pick for Jalen Johnson right now, right? I think it's in Jalen Johnson's best interest to try to like have a season with the Bears where he shows everyone in the NFL that it could be a top end cornerback, right? Three, four interceptions, maybe some Pro Bowl accolades. Like That seems to be the best case scenario for both sides. I'm not sure that long-term extensions coming maybe Two-year deal beyond what he already has, but I don't know. That one interception kind of stands out in the stat sheet to me. Yeah, without doubt. All right, well, we got to roll, and uh, appreciate everybody tuning in this morning. It's awesome to do these shows live. Kevin, thank you for being here. Uh, make sure you're following Kevin at KFishbane on Twitter. Read Johnsy and Kevin on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogue and Johns. You can find me, allchgo.com. Actually, had a new uh, Bears Things newsletter come out this morning. So if you're a CHGO diehard, you can uh, get access to those. And uh, follow me, of course, at Adam Hogue. Merch is all up at uh, obviousshirts.com. We're in one of the old school shirts today. I got my athletic hoodie on. Oh, we got a big uh, Justin Fields piece on The Athletic, Kevin and I. They went live I thought Monday. this entire show was going to be about that story. Um, check it out. Well, deep ball to DJ Moore, I guess, changes the conversation. But um, and Jatari Carter. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, now that's can... your fault. <laughs> yeah, that was your fault. Now I want to deep dive on Jatari Carter now by next Monday. Um, that is live on um, uh, theathletic.com. So if you want to hear from scouts, defensive coach, current defensive coach, um, Michael Vick, RG three. Tom Waddle, Jim Miller, um, deep dive on Justin Fields. I think there's a deal on The Athletic, but you could go to uh, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You could get a deal, deal, deal there, too, for uh, subscri- subscriptions. I didn't know you guys did deals. Yes. I think there's like a shut up. So- <laughs> <laughs> he said shut up. That's funny. All right. I think it's a $2 a month deal up there. Check it out, guys. Yeah. Um, we were going to spend more time talking about that, but people should go read it. Honestly, it's a, it's a good story. So, um, yeah, that's what the athletics for and check it out. A lot of good insight from, uh, a lot of, as you just mentioned, a lot of different people talking and 
about Justin Fields' development here. So it's all on theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. All right. We are out of here. This is our only episode of the week. We'll be back next week after next week's OTA practice. Again, recapping everything from House Hall. So everyone have a safe and enjoyable Memorial Day weekend. Unofficial or official start of summer um, for a lot of people. Hope the weather cooperates wherever you are and um, get up fun with family, friends, whatever you're doing. Uh, and we'll be back next week with another OTA recap show. Talk to you then. One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hogg, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name.